Nikki Nataro isn't performing her duties as the editor-in-chief of Stellar Magazine or being the managing director of VIP Publishing Group. She can be found contributing to such publications as The Irish Examiner, The Times, The Business Post, Lonely Planet, Kiss. She's addressed topics as varied as travel, religion, beauty, you name it. She's pretty much our Carrie Bradshaw. On top of all this, she somehow finds time to host the fantastic Glow Up podcast. Now, in this instance, I'd usually try and mooch my way onto my guest show somewhere down the line, but I don't think they or you are in any way interested in what I think is an acceptable amount of Lynx Africa for a grown man to use. What is absolutely acceptable, though, is just how much fun I had talking to Vicky. And the three films she chose to talk to me about just gave me this wave of nostalgia and excitement, which just made me love movies in the first place. So I really hope you guys enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Thanks very much for joining us today, Vicky. Thank you for having me. One thing that really stood out for me in this list that you gave me as well is that they're all extremely well-written films. Um, as a writer yourself, is that something you kind of actively seek out or are these something you can detach yourself from once you enjoy the story or enjoy the, the actors? Oh, I think for me, it's all about the script. Like it's, and it's, they, they often are, yeah, written by amazing writers who are, and journalists. And um, yeah, it's, I think a well-written film for me is, is paramount. And I'm very glad that you consider Beach as well-written because <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> don't. But no, they, yeah, it's like, I did a, a degree in film studies in college and it was kind of only the second year of that degree in Trinity. And it was full of people who, you know, were only into silent films or only into, the French Nouvelle Vague or the the Italian, you know, neorealism. And my kind of favourite module of all was Hollywood in the 80s and 90s um, because that's the kind of films that I like to watch that I would love to to eventually hopefully one day write a screenplay like. So I I have very particular taste and yes, a a well-written script is definitely essential for me. You mentioned there Beaches, which is the first film we're going to get into there. You also mentioned film (laughs) studies. Um, is it right that you wrote your thesis on the substitute mother in the maternal melodrama? Oh, my God. How did you find that out? Uh, I, I do my research <laughs> for the show. Oh, my God. Do you know what? I'd love to write, to read that again. So I must try and find it. I did. Um, and I remember someone uh, telling me that it wasn't very Trinity and me going, I ah, hear, stop this. Like this. <laughs> they say you should write what you know. And that is what I know. So, yes, it was Beaches. It was Terms of Endearment and Stepmom were my three films. So they're all about, um, uh, yeah, a mother who, who has either an untimely death. Yeah, it's mostly an untimely death and another maternal figure steps in and in most cases a quite, quite unlikely one to raise the children. So yeah, I came, I knew I wanted to do it about quote unquote women's films as I've always found that fascinating. Um, and yeah, that was when I did all my research, they were the films that really stood out that I wanted to talk about. It says a lot for me that the first thing I thought of when I saw that title was Alien. So kind of different... <laughs> The substitute the oh wow okay that's interesting yeah jesus i could think of it from from that angle for sure but just to get back to beaches as well you actually got to interview bet Miller, which i am incredible. i did what was yeah, that that like? was amazing it was only a phone interview but i and i actually did it i was working in the irish independent at the time and i was editing their entertainment magazine um and i did it at my desk with everyone the newsroom milling around behind me and yeah i I completely geeked out like i was so embarrassing i like i think i called her cc bloom a couple of times which i don't think she was thrilled about (laughs) uh, she's amazing like the film i've i've loved this film since i was far too young to be watching it like i think my grandmother had it on vhs and my cousin and i used to just watch it every Saturday. And of course, I didn't really get it as a child. I liked the bits in it when they're children. 
I kind of thought that they were really cool. And obviously I'm a bit of a, well, not obviously at all, but I'm a bit of a, a musical theatre fanatic so I love the singing and I, I was a very precocious annoying child so I used to reenact the singing scenes um, and yeah it was just something that I've all it's a film that I've grown to love even more as I grew up and watched it and I think I remember actually showing it to my husband for the first time when we were newly dating and it was a real test to see if he'd like slag it off or if he liked it but he liked it so that's okay we're married now so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly yeah, for me I, I said this to you on Twitter as well that this was something that it didn't seem right watching it in HD this is something that you know has a little yes. written pen with something else with my communion <laughs> crossed out and since I've watched this uh, this week I've watched it three times since because everyone I've mentioned to in my family has had to watch it again it's like stop no way I love this <laughs> it's like finding a toy in the attic that you haven't played with since you're yeah. this wave of nostalgia so I love it but that's the thing it doesn't matter how many times you've watched it you'll cry every single time one thing I noticed about that the, the girl that got to play the young Bette Midler is absolutely perfect so of course I had to look her up you know, you know who she is right yeah <laughs> she's <laughs> blossom yeah <laughs> she's blossom herself and is now in the big bang theory uh, Maya my Balik is that her name Bialik but yeah I remember making the connection to her particularly being blossom when I was a teenager and my mind being blown like she is but she she was the second coming of baby Bette Midler like she's brilliant in it oh, absolutely it's uncanny how much to go around that the second film, again, this is one of these ones that I haven't watched in about 10, 15 years. And I had an idea in my head of what it was. But kind of watching it with all your, your life experience after, like, you just think this is like, oh, this is the vintage rom-com. But watching it now, it really yes. isn't like, I didn't realise that, you know, they don't get together at the start. It's kind of like a decade long of near misses before they even come through. What is yes. it this film that you really enjoy? Uh, I, I can't remember the first time I saw When Harry Met Sally. I think it must have been relatively recently um, because I think I had been to New York when I saw it and fallen in love with the city. Um, so it must have been since the around 2005 onwards. And I just remember thinking it was the sharpest script, the sharpest writing ever. And it was the start of a, a huge love affair with Nora Ephron for me. I'm obsessed with all of her work from her, her journalism to her novels to her films. Um, and just thinking it was so smart and so true it just really rung true to me um and about how complicated love is and and I think even now I look around at, at some of my friends and I'm just like why are you overcomplicating this this it's right in front of you <laughs> you know what I mean just just jump um I think it's something that everybody can relate to and uh, I love it, the tiny little things in it that I love like you know the scene where Billy Crystal is driving and he's spitting grape seeds at the window and like I just there's so much kind of physical comedy in it I think Meg Ryan is an amazing comic actress an amazing physical um, comic actress and I think she doesn't get the credit she deserves because again she works in women's films um, but yeah it's it's the quintessential rom-com it's uh, to be a writer like Nora Ephron is all I ever desire in my life She is just uh, the more I, I find out about her the more Incredible. Yeah. She, she was like a, an intern at Newsweek and quit because she wasn't allowed to write and then took yeah. <laughs> against the magazine for sexual discrimination. In the 60s, like she was incredible. And and I, like even the, just the situation she found herself in, like her marriages, like I don't know, have you seen Heartburn or read Heartburn? Yes, I have, yeah. Yeah, so like that was the true story of her own kind of uh, her marriage. And of course, she wasn't just married to anybody normal. She was married to one of the guys who broke the Watergate scandal. So it was, you know, Carl Bernstein. So it was just, I just think she's had a remarkable life or she had a remarkable life 
and she was so astute and so well able to translate exactly what she was thinking into her writing, which isn't always as as straightforward as you might imagine. Um, but like I love all her films. Like Silkwood is a very kind of serious film about starring Meryl Streep about uh, an accident at a nuclear power plant, and that that was her first feature film, and it's incredible. I absolutely adore You've Got Mail, and I nearly put You've Got Mail down, but I think when Harry Met Sally is the more kind of quintessential Nora but I just it's so dated now like the dial-up broadband and the you know like or not even broadband dial-up modem and just the fact that they don't cop that they're speaking to each other but it's just I think it's just the most romantic New York film that there is I just love her one of the things that really I've read um, I think I remember nothing I think it was one of her books yes and she said she used to give talks and people would say oh you're married to the journalist who was Deep Throat and she would just tell us Mark Felt and no, people just think she was joking her because of you know, Twitter and nobody widely report. Well, she was telling people for years yeah. I was. She's amazing. Like, she's absolutely amazing. And I think I, her, one of her other husbands, uh, her last husband, Nicholas Pelleggi, um, he was the guy who wrote Wise Guy, which was turned into Goodfellas. So like her taste in husbands is pretty incredible, really, when you think about it. We obviously we have to go through the, the most famous scene and that. Um, rewatching it now, the, you know, I'll have what she's having. Yeah, I think it belongs in a different film. Like the scene you were saying about the grapes, my personal favourite scene of that is when they, they're speaking on the phone and she mentions she's watching Casablanca. He's like, oh, what channel? And it's just the two of them kind of point. Yeah. It's in that. What scenes in that, apart from obviously the, the grape scene you mentioned, stand out for you in the film? Oh God, there's so many. Like I love all of the scenes with Carrie Fisher. I think she's absolutely luminous in it and hilarious. Um, oh, there's just so many. Like when they're arguing over the most ridiculous things, when Carrie Fisher is kind of, uh, she has a Rolodex and she's trying to like get out <laughs> numbers of guys that are single and she's like, oh no, he's dead. Sorry. <laughs> like it's just, it's so true to life. Like, and it's kind of a bit on PC as well, which is which is great, which you wouldn't really get these days. Um, but I just think, it hasn't it, when Harry Met Sally in particular it hasn't dated at all like at all and the question of the film can men and women ever just be friends do you agree or disagree with with uh, I I agree with, with Billy Crystal I I don't I don't think they can ever really be proper friends in the sense of being each other's kind of everything without unless you're you know different sexual orientations I've done about straight men and straight women I th- I do think the sex thing always comes into it but that's just my personal opinion Interesting. And the script of them actually ends with them not getting together. They just uh, they stay friends. I, I don't know. What, rewatching it again, I kind of think that suits it a bit better. Would you agree or disagree there? Oh no, they had to get together. No, they had to get together. Oh my god! Like I love the uh, actually when Harry met Sally. The the most priceless thing about it is the the old couples that are talking about their marriages that are real couples, kind of interspersed throughout the narrative. And I think they had to be the last one. No, I, I think they had to get together. You're a far better writer than me, so <laughs> stop <you> there. <laughs> the final film on your list, and um, you kind of touched on it, gangster films there. This is the, the, the dawn of them all, if you'll excuse it, the, yes. the father. <laughs> You're Italian yes. to yourself, obviously based on your store name. Is this, I imagine, I am. similar to how you grew up? You were Don Notaro. <laughs> I grew up in the mob. Um, <laughs> no, like I think the first time I saw The Godfather, I actually, I don't know if you remember this, but the VHS box set, they actually rearranged the chronology of the three films. So they put them in chronological order. So a lot of the stuff, all of the stuff from Godfather 2 about um, young Vito being in Sicily, that's all at the very beginning. So I actually, for the first time, I watched the three films completely out of order. 
So I, I, I just didn't know which one was which for a long time. Um, and then obviously, as I got older, I got the DVDs um, and I watched them properly. And I know I, I almost equally love Godfather, too, because I love Robert De Niro, like still would. He's my number one. Love him. <laughs> um, but the the first one just with Brando and Pacino's arc is so amazing, going from like the, the kind of preppy, I don't want anything to do with my mob family to the pure revenge driven Don that he becomes. I just think it's it's magnificent like and you're never bored even though it's a long film um, you're you're just always gripped and I think it's set the tone for so many other brilliant films since and I, I think Coppola's kind of I know a lot of people think Scorsese is the, the godfather of the gangster genre but for me it, this trilogy is just it's sublime like I, I, I do think they're the best films of all time absolutely where do you rate the uh, it was interesting that you picked the first one not the second the second one's yeah. considered you know, the best I think. what's your film the third film the third film I go back and forth on there are bits of brilliance in it like there's some amazing set pieces like the helicopter attack and obviously the iconic line that they repeat in the Sopranos all the time you know just when I thought I was out they pulled me <laughs> back in like I love that and I love that they brought Diane Keaton back even though you know they're not together anymore and they they have that kind of resolution but obviously there's issues with it like Sofia Coppola should never have been cast um, I think Andy Garcia's character was a bit too trying to do an impression of James Caan it was just it's problematic, but it's still a great film, even by itself. I think it's just when you compare it to the other two, which are just simply magnificent, that, you know, it, it does pale in comparison. I saw that one before. It was the first one I saw, I seen it in the, the cinema, and I was obsessed with Andy Garcia at the time. Basically, right. hair, I just wanted to have Andy Garcia. I still see him as a... Oh, he's still an absolute dude. Like, in, in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, my other favourite film, which I nearly put on the list, but I was like, no, I won't inflict that on you. <laughs> he's an absolute dude in that as well. Like, uh, I love Andy Garcia. Great. He showed up in was Passengers a year or two ago with uh, with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Literally the last scene of the film, Andy Garcia shows up. I nearly jumped on my seat. And then he just did the credits roll. I was like, what? That's gas. I think he just like he doesn't really need to act anymore. He just kind of does what he fancies. Like, and if somebody said to me, "Do you want to film Mamma Mia on this idyllic Greek island, and your love interest is Cher, and you don't really have to sing that much?" Like, I'd be there, <laughs> heartbeat. So I, I get it, Andy. I just just pop in and out of whatever films you like. It's fine. Although saying that, I'm looking at his IMDb right now, and he's he's a lot going on. So maybe he's. Hmm, maybe he wants some money. <laughs> <laughs> so we've done no, Garcia on your list. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I love Garcia. I, I have a thing for sleazy older guys. I won't <laughs> deny it. T- Tony Soprano, like the beloved James Gandolfini, R.I.P. He's my like, I call it my guilty crush, but I actually don't feel guilty about it at all. I just have a thing for mobsters and I blame the Italian blood, the Neapolitan blood in my veins. <laughs> and his son is the prequel and he is the image of him. So there, there's still is he? a chance to take a swing there. So I'm not sure about the sequel. Like I, I trust him. David Chase, I do, but I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I think I'm just because I love The Sopranos so much. Like it's the I keep wanting to watch it again. And my husband's like, no, we can't watch it every year, like every second year. I'm like, fine. But and I yeah, I do trust David Chase and I do want to revisit all these amazing characters. But I just don't know if it's going to be the same without Tony, like without Gandolfini. He's just he, he makes and Carmela, like all of them. I just love it so much. 
I'm impressed by the cast though like they've got Corey Stahl playing Junior Soprano and I loved him in uh, Girls and in lots of other things he was in the first season of what was it the Kevin Spacey House of Cards House of Cards yeah and Leslie Odom Jr best probably known for Hamilton and they've got Billy Magnuson playing uh, Polly Walnut so that would definitely be interesting he's kind of yeah he's kind of sexy in a sleazy way as well so no look it, I, I will be absolutely bed into it but I'm, I'm hesitant because yeah they're they're playing with very precious material Brilliant. Your three films with Harry Met Sally, Beaches, and The Godfather. Thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Right, appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Have a good day, Vicky. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye.